happening well, I'm, the shit I, hitting the fan well not not yet i, I don't want to talk about football just yet i'm making my first pot of chili tonight of the uh, season as we've talked about on the last episode or two episodes ago it is not until i make the first pot of chili that i can like i finally consider summer over i know it's almost halloween but i hold on for dear life and it finally got cold in chicago this past week um so yeah that's it. I, I'm waving the white flag. Summer, I'm, I'll miss you. Fall, I'll miss you. You lasted about two days in Chicago, but it's going to be a chilly <laughs> weekend, baby. Uh, family recipe. I've been, I try to do something different every time. It's not a family recipe, but I, I just, I'm trying to make my own family recipe. Like, I want to just, through trial and tribulation, want to f- master my own. So when I'm older, I can pass that thing on down. Feel me? Yeah, I don't know if you guys recall one of the highlights from last episode or a couple episodes ago. <laughs> I made chili, and the secret recipe, the secret ingredient, is spicy V8 sauce or excuse our, me, spicy V8 juice. Our microphones did not work, but the chili sure did. Hey, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. If you listen today, it comes out. It is Thursday, October twentieth, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. You got Kevin. And Raleigh, welcome and, back to a joyless podcast <laughs> for a joyless franchise. I hate saying this every single episode, but I'm going to do it one more time. And I'm not being overdramatic. I just don't care. Um, when's the last time we had fun? Like consistent fun. Was it the COVID season? Oh, that the COVID season was the only consistent fun. Last year, there was some inconsistent fun, like spikes of fun. Yeah, then we lost the last, like I said, the last time I had like was going into that Raiders game last year, then we lost like the last three games of the season. And I think it really started that uh, that game against the Bengals game two of 22 seasons ago, where because we had just come off getting our asses kicked by the Ravens. And we were like, oh, well, this is terrible. And then they just started putting it on teams and it was sweet. We were on the roof at Old Crow for that one. I remember that. That kind of makes me think. I wonder if if we would have got our asses kicked by well, this is implying that the Browns are gonna rally from that ass kicking that they just received. But maybe uh maybe an ass kicking like losing by a significant margin. Oh, like last Sunday? Yeah, like exactly like last Sunday. So for anyone fortunate enough to not have watched the game or to not have a clue, the Browns lost to the Patriots 38 to 15. We let rookie quarterback making his first start, Bailey Zappi, throw for over 300 yards and have a 71% pass completion uh, or completion rate. Tyquan Thornton, two touchdowns. Hunter Henry, touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, two touchdowns. Everything we said or thought was feared was going to happen, happened. Yeah. And I don't mind, I'm not gonna dwell on it. We're already on to Baltimore, onto the Ravens, you know, in a couple of days here. But like I said on the podcast last week, 
And again, not splitting any atoms. I'm pretty sure everyone saw this coming. Win or lose, Belichick was going to put our coaching staff in a blender. And good God, was that a clinic. Yep. Oh, my God. Nothing went right that game. It was an embarrassment across the board. It was one of those games where, like, I it was it was hard to watch after halftime. I, I keep hoping every loss. I mean, I literally just did it. I'm looking for like a silver lining. Like maybe that was the wake up call they need. Maybe that was the wake up call they need. These guys look like they're playing with zero damn passion. And, and I'm like, I, I've never been one to be like, oh, these athletes make millions of dollars and they can't blah blah blah. But it's like. As long as that athlete is giving it their best effort on and off the field, that is like all I can ask. And you can't really prove it either way, but I try to give right. them the benefit of the doubt. This is like, what the hell? It, who is not taking – are all of you guys not taking this seriously? Is the coaching staff or Raleigh, is what? Raleigh, I'm not trying to interrupt you. There's no captain on this team. There's no oh, leadership yeah. on this team. No one is pulling people aside on the sideline and being like, hey, what's going on here? Look at all the other good teams. Good series or bad series. They come off. Usually someone's getting on the, the surface tablet. They're sitting there. They're going over shit. Whatever. Um, yeah. We, we got to show out. Look, Miles Garrett, franchise all-time sack leader, 62 and a half. Can't not mention that. But, you know, the, the individual stuff is not fun to look at right now. Um, and then Wyatt Teller going down with the injured calf. He's going to be out for at least a game or two. Uh, he's one of our best players. That hurts. The O-line are monsters. The effort in or whatever lack thereof, whatever the perceived effort is, it does not fall on the offensive line. We can say that with full certainty. I agree. Honestly, maybe the full side of the offense could make that point. Um, so we talked last two weeks ago and the last week about how the Browns can't close and how it's like college me, college Kevin. You know, you think you're having a great night. You think you're doing everything well. Then come, you know, closing time. No. You just flop like they've been doing this past week, this past Sunday. This was college Kevin not even making it out of the pregame, <laughs> being a little too overserved and not making it to the bar or to the party. They didn't even, I mean, this was so bad. But yeah. again, the people listening to this is Thursday or Friday, whenever you listen to this, we don't want us to talk about this. The Browns are now two and four. It is not a lost season. If we win the next two games, like this is, we're sick because we always do this stuff. We're all right. We're still in the running in the division right now after six weeks we're a third of the way through the season we this is not a lost season yet but again i said if i'm being realist this season i'm not doing this half you know glass half full of shit when it doesn't apply um we're getting very close uh we're teetering here yeah to the teeter to the end like to shit hit the fan is what you're saying if we lose the next two games hell if we lose one of the next two games um, and again, people are gonna be like, Oh, you hater, you're not a real Browns fan. You know, no, we're you know, just you, you know what I'd say to that. It, you guys have any idea how hard it is. Do you guys have any idea how hard it is to pick up the goddamn microphone every week and be like, Okay, what's a positive highlight from a total shit storm of an I, organization? I have I, no, because it's therapeutic. Yeah, we do was, enjoy it. You're right. I do because we that. have to get it that out. That was dramatic. That was dramatic. We have to get it out, but yes, the thought. During the game, when we're getting blown out, I was not really, well, kind of, yeah. We're thinking at that moment, like, I can't have to go talk about this now. But, yeah, uh, let's see. We got everything covered there. Yeah, oh. Bailey Zappi, crush us. Yeah. I got a, I got a fun, positive uh, thing to talk about. So, 
on the Instagram account, Angry Browns Fans, I posted a, what do you call it, a skit, where it was, if my kids were my, or if my teams were my kids, basically the Indians were the kids that, or the Guardians were the kids that, like, gave it their all, and the Browns were, like, that shitty kid with an attitude that disappoints you all the time. And it did pretty well. And on I posted it on TikTok, which I hate TikTok, but I'm trying to figure out TikTok. Shout you out do, Happy you Browns do dances. Fans. You do dances. For TikTok. <laughs> I can't. I can't do a dance. I, it's like need to get a surgery, become a hot mom, then I'll blow up on TikTok. But until then, so this just in: Raleigh's thinking about transitioning to a hot mom. That's not true. That was a joke. But I'm just saying, hot moms with no talent just crush it on TikTok, and I'm like, okay. Here, anyway, so this somebody commented. Uh, he mentioned like one of the things I said. Said that hit home. I'm not patting myself on the back. That he said. What also hit home is that your profile picture is my dad. So, on wait, my, the dude throwing the beer bottle? <laughs> yeah, on my Instagram From account. Bottlegate. Yeah, there's a picture of like this guy at Bottlegate just like throwing a beer. Wow. In like a very it's just a goofy. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's, Everyone's seen, seen it. this picture. And I've been trying to find that guy for so long. And the kid found me and the, te- like the DMS we've been going back and forth. He goes, yeah, he kind of hates that picture. Listen to this. He was one of nine people prosecuted by the Browns God. for throwing a beer bottle, which yeah, he, he's fine. He survived. Will you come on? Uh, we're going to try to get him on Kevin. Oh we my God. That'd be unreal. He lives in Florida now. Hopefully he's found happiness away from this. I vividly remember after that happening, I don't forget if it was the owner or the GM at the time who came out like the next day in the news and was like, it's justified. We understand. And then the day after they're like, when they got heat for saying that they're like, actually, yeah, we're going to prosecute anyone. We saw on video (laughs) throwing stuff. People were ratting people out. People were. So that's why. And for you youngins that don't know, that's why we now have plastic bottles in every stadium in the country. Also for those of you that don't know, they weren't throwing it at the players. They Correct. were disgusted by uh, what the refs called. It was something like there was a – the Browns threw a touchdown, and then they reviewed it like two plays later and it, said it wasn't a touchdown. Like they've never reversed a call like that ever. Like let a play go between them and then reverse it. So they were throwing it, it at the refs. And, you know, been kind of a rough 20 years since then. Yeah. But uh, – That was your first game. That was my first game, me and Muccio's first game. I was like, what the hell is wrong with these people? Um, um, yeah, well, let's see. If we can get him on the pod, let's get him on the pod. That'd be phenomenal. And so, not just for him throwing stuff. He was front row. He might have got decked with a few bottles himself. Was he front row? How can he? He's right there. I mean, all, all right. the pictures of him and all the different – it looks like he's front row. Um, do you want yeah, to – We'll get him on the podcast, and we'll I'll save the stories because – like, here's a teaser – the kids, his children, make him re- recreate it every so often. <laughs> it's hysterical. He's yes. So, so, yeah, we're going to find that guy. And that's awesome. He, sounds like he's a good sport. See, now that's good news. That's the kind of shit we need right now. Um, let's just get uh, John John's comment addressed and over with. John Johnson, the third press conference yesterday on uh, Wednesday, uh, when asked what the problem is on defense or what, what, what the dealio is, his quote, it's a commitment thing, Johnson said. When practice is over and our day is done, you can't just run out of the building and forget about your job. I think we need everyone in this building to really be 100% and 
in on the task at hand. Right now, I think we're at a place where that's not the case. So whatever we got to do to get as many guys, if not everyone, in on the same page, I think that's what it is because that's the only way things are going to change. Okay, real quick, my two takeaways on that comment. Johnson's saying everyone's not committed or bought in, whatever it may be. We're also recognizing that – I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here. We're the youngest team in the NFL. Not an excuse. Youngest team in the NFL. A lot of these guys are still learning how to be pros. So could he be calling everyone out? Yes. Could he also be being like, hey, man, we're six weeks in. We're trying to still teach a lot of these youngins how to be pros. I get that. I, I'm praying. What I'm trying to do is put that into the universe and make – I want that to be the case. I really don't want it to be the case where guys just don't give a damn because I'm praying to God. That's when I can be like, dude, I, I don't, you know, best player, worst player, bare minimum is just pretend you give a shit. I'm hoping it's not that I'm praying to God. I know the chances are, are probably slim that he was just saying, Hey, youngins are still learning how to come along and be professionals. I'm probably absurd for thinking that or for trying to think that, but it is what it is. What do you got? I mean, that's, uh, I agree with that hope of a takeaway. And in my opinion, I, I think so much of this comes down to coaching. Like if you don't have leaders, you have to recognize that you don't have leaders. If you have a bunch of young kids, you have to recognize that you have a bunch of young kids. And if you have to treat them like third graders, which it sounds dismissive, but it's like, like you said, grab people on the sidelines and get them focused. I think uh, I was listening to the the really big show um, and Rizzo was saying that if you watch like some rookie that uh, scored a touchdown on the ground against the Browns, it was like his first ever. As soon as he scored, the Patriots took him aside. No, it was a turnover. It was a turnover, I think. Fumble. Oh, well, they were having him like look at uh, iPads of like – how to improve on that player. They were coaching the guy. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about when the rookie handed Belichick that ball after the turnover or the fuck or whatever it was. And he looked at him like, what's wrong with you? Yes. Correct. That's they, also bad. They're coaching him up. Yes. You're, you're correct. Like every team, every defense in the NFL has improved. Ours has taken steps backwards and it's just. Oh yeah. It, we're still the worst. Whatever the problem is. I, I don't think there's a singular problem. I think there's a bunch of problems and we, you know, we can all speculate from up here, but the only people that can observe what those problems are and have the authority to do something on it are the coaches, particularly the head coach. So it's like, I hate being like saying, Hey, somebody do something, but somebody do something. Holy shit. I'm not putting the blame on any one single person in particular. Um, I'm not mad for what JJ said. I just hope it's not as, as bad or as big of a pandemic as it, it, it can't be. It just can't be. Six weeks in, the defense is getting worse and worse and worse. And now we got to go up against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, again, glass half full. Now I'm kind of dreading this game. But the good news is, and of course I knock on wood because anytime we have any kind of good news or for any other team, it would be a good thing for us. It's a coin flip. The Ravens defense is awful. Absolutely awful. I love Calais Campbell in his uh, press conference. Was it, I think it was him a couple of days ago. He goes, hey, Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. He said that in his press conference. So that's what he uh, – they recognize that they are a mess right now, and they're trying to fix it. And I benefit of the doubt, 
they'll probably figure it out because of that that because <laughs> of that organization and that coaching staff. Um, they're three and three on the year. They've beat the Jets, Patriots, and Cincinnati. They've lost to Miami, Buffalo, and the Giants. Uh, Lamar Jackson, quarterback, he's leading the league with 8.1 yards per rush. Um, here's the thing, though. They've had at least a 10-point lead in the second half in five of their six games, and they're 3-3. Three and three. They've blown some big games, too. We have – and it, that's what makes me almost matter is because there's so many things we could be mocking the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Steelers for this year finally, but we can't. Of course. Um, so really, I'm going to say my uh, 100,000 foot look down at this game, one sentence, uh, easiest analysis possible. If Lamar Jackson plays well, they probably win. If he doesn't play well, they probably lose. That is what they have right now. Their run game is not there yet. Uh, J.K. Dobbins has only been in four games. He's got just over 100 yards and one touchdown. I don't think he's played a full game yet. He's still coming back, not 100% from his injury. Um, yeah, Rashad Bateman returned to practice this week. He hasn't played in a couple weeks. He was hurt star wide receiver. So he might be back. Um, so it's really a fascinating matchup. It's not just going to be the, you know, they come in or we go there and they beat us by 50, I hope. Um, but it's going to be a very interesting game on Sunday. Yeah. I just hope, uh, I just hope the Browns organization can turn it around and show up and play to their potential. If, if, if the Browns could play lights out, play their best game and the Ravens played their best game and the Browns lost lose. I would take that. Honestly. Absolutely. Just improve on something, please. And Jacoby, look guys, Jacoby has had some great moments. Okay. The offense is efficient. That is working, okay? He's had some bad spots, yes. But while he's been top 10 in QBR, he's a backup quarterback. I think some people still put him on this super high pedestal. We all knew this was going to be like this. We knew his record coming into the season was he wins one, he loses two. We're two and four right now, the math foots. Um, so, again, it'd be great if we can just see some improvement from the D. Not asking for a whole lot here. Just it, we're the only team that's gotten worse and worse every single week. Um, good news. Ten guys didn't practice yesterday. Seven of them returned today to practice, including JV and Clowney. Um, so hopefully Mr. Garrett can get a little more help out there because he's not 100% either. Yeah. Well, on that note, go Cleveland sports. Woo. Uh, yeah, shout out. Look, the guards – Coming into this season, yeah, that win against the Yankees was was t- or that loss against the Yankees was tough because I think we could have won that series a couple times. But neither here nor there, didn't get the bats when we needed them. When we came into the season, we were per everyone predicted us. They had us like behind the Tigers. They had us as like the twentieth team in the league. This is one of the most fun seasons we've ever had. I will talk about the season the rest of my life. And we got a lot of fun years coming. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Cavs, we lost last night. Uh, really sucked when you had your boys. Uh, uh, what did I have them plus or minus two and a, or plus two and a half, and they lost by three. Um, that's gonna be a fun year. Donovan Mitchell. Oh God, is he so much fun to watch? It's gonna be a very very fun season there. Um, so yeah, hey, not a whole lot of fun going on right now, but we'll still find a way to make it fun. I don't know yeah. how, but we're gonna get there anyway. We got the. Uh, Pre-game episode will be out tomorrow on Friday to break down the Ravens game a little bit more. 
no interview this week because Riley and I had uh, a lot going on in our work and personal lives. We and, didn't want to talk to a goddamn Ravens person. No, I did not. I was not talking to anyone from Baltimore this week. Absolutely not. Um, but that's all I got. Yeah. Yourself? Just the will to keep going. All right. Well, hey, thanks for the Dogs War podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a rating review if you don't mind. For Raleigh, for myself, good night, Cleveland.